before I start this podcast, I want to point out that this podcast is not meant to offend anyone. I'm not trying to push my beliefs on anyone. I am not trying to make light of a what I consider a very, ser- very serious situation. Um, I'm simply doing this podcast to bring attention to a problem in America and the world today that I think needs more attention. And so I'm doing this to potentially help someone or inform them of what I believe is the biggest and most overlooked issue in society today. All right. I'm Isaac Schoen. I'm a 19-year-old college student that attends Fort Hayes State University. And over the last four and a half to five years, I've dealt with anxiety. It's kind of an on and off thing. It's not something that I've battled every day for the last five years, but it's also not something that is just a once a month type of thing. It goes in spurts and it doesn't, but that's not what I'm here to talk about. I'm not here to talk about myself. I'm not trying to get sympathy from anybody. I am simply here to talk about how we can all come together and in the stigma of the idea that mental illness is taboo, we shouldn't talk about it, and people who have it can't function like normal humans. First of all, the word normal does not ever need to be used to describe anybody. We're all humans, we're all normal, we were all made differently. So the fact that there's people that think there's that you aren't normal with a mental illness that that idea just throw it out the window that shouldn't exist you are normal we're all humans we all face different struggles throughout our life and mental illness happens to be one of them one in five americans face some type of mental illness or mental disorder a mental illness is described as a disorder that affects one's mood thoughts or behaviors so there's all kinds of mental illnesses. There's the ones we know a lot about, or not necessarily we know a lot about, but the ones that are more common and are more well-known around this area. Those are like anxiety, depression, schizophrenia, OCD. And then there's ones that you know you don't necessarily think of as a mental disorder. Those are like autism, um, any anyone that Aspergers, anyone that affects one's thoughts. And so obviously someone with autism and somebody with Aspergers is going to think differently. We all think differently, but that is really one that affects one's thoughts. Um, so I don't really have a plan for what I plan to talk about today. Um, I'm on my way back to Hayes right now. I'm in the car. I'm driving. And I thought um, the other day, I love going home. I love going to see my family. I love seeing everybody back home. But I hate to drive back. And I thought, what can I do on the way back? Because there's only so many songs I can listen to. There's only so many comedians I can listen to. There's only so many new, so much news you can listen to before it's like, okay, I got to do something. So I'm going to try to do this. I'm going to try to give my opinion the best I can. I'm not, like I said, I'm not trying to make anybody mad. I'm not trying to tell you I'm right. This is, this is how it is. 
I'm not a clinical psychologist. I'm, I don't have my PhD in psychology. I'm a 19-year-old college kid who's dealt with this for the last four and a half years. And I just, I would love to be able to help somebody who's experienced the same thing or similar along those lines. So like I said, I'm not trying to get sympathy for myself. I could really care less what anybody thinks about my situation with anxiety. I'm not even going to talk about my, I'm not going to tell you the whole story. It's a long story. So if you are interested and want to know more, you can ask me about it. But really, because I'm very willing to talk to anybody about it. If you have any questions, feel free to ask. But I really want to talk about how we can come together and end the stigma of mental illness. So first of all, how can we stop? How can we start talking about it more? How can we make people comfortable to talk about it? So when people think of mental illnesses, when I first found out that when I first was diagnosed, or I don't even want to say diagnosed, it was pretty much, you know, I found out I had generalized anxiety disorder, or GAD. Um, I thought, you know, okay, am I going to have to go to like one of those like mental hospitals? Are they going to like put all these different monitors on me? Are they going to like shock me? Like that is just something that I thought I was 14, 15 years old. I had no idea what the heck anxiety even was. I thought it was just meant you were nervous all the time. And that is absolutely not true. When people think of mental disorders, you think, I'm just going to use an example. It's a lot of stereotyping. People think that when you have depression, you're sad all the time. They think when you have anxiety, you're nervous all the time. They think when you have OCD that you have to wash your hands 28 times before you leave the bathroom. People think that when you have an eating disorder, you make yourself throw up because for the fear of being fat. None of those are true. They might be true in one specific case, but that's not true. You don't, that does not speak for the entire population that has depression, that has schizophrenia or anything. Okay, it's a case by case issue that is not, it's so, there's so much gray area when it comes to mental illnesses. It's not something that you just go to the doctor, they go, yep, you got depression. And then you walk away and go, okay, I have depression. It's not that simple. Okay, first of all, going to your family doctor, I, that was the first thing I did because I didn't know what the heck was going on with me when I was in high school. It's not, I'm not taking anything away from your family doctor or the doctor you go to, but I would highly recommend going to like a clinical psychologist because that is their field of study. They are, they specialized in the brain and mental disorders all start, are, are all take place in the brain. So I would highly recommend going to see a clinical psychologist or steer towards the direction of psycho- a psychologist because your family doctor is not a, is not going to sit down and talk to you about how you're feeling and 
it, he's just going to pretty much be like, okay, here's what you can do the next step. That's not, going to see your doctor is not going to cure anything. There is no cure for mental illness. I wish there was. It's just like any other disease. There's no absolute 100 guaranteed percent cure for cancer, just like there's no cure for depression, anxiety, or any disorder like that. So, that's one way we can, we need to start figuring out a way to inform people about what mental illness is. And I, tr- I am a firm believer that I think mental illness should be taught starting fifth, sixth grade level and it should be talked about all throughout high school. Why do we need to, every year, why do we need to talk about sex ed? Okay, wear a condom don't have sex until you're married. Okay, it's the same thing every year. It's not changing. It that's just how it was all through 5th through 8th grade. We every Monday for second semester, we have the nurse come in and talk to us how we shouldn't have sex before we're married. Okay, great. How about we how about we talk about something that I bet you 60-70% of the class has no background of whatsoever, and that is mental illness. It's just blows my mind that we talk about that and that we talk about premarital sex and don't do drugs. That's so, the choice to not have sex before you're married is so much easier because mental illness isn't a choice. Nobody wakes up and says, oh man, I just feel like I'm going to be depressed today. That's not that simple. Okay. There's so much gray areas. It's not black and white. And so I think it's something that needs to be taught in schools, that needs to be taught to the public and spread the word that it is okay to not be okay. And that's what it all comes down to, that you should not be embarrassed to have to take an antidepressant. You should not be embarrassed that you go to a a counselor or a therapist. So it's something that is an important issue, but at the same time, it's not something that people should use as an excuse to why they feel the way they are. You can't put, you can't say, I'm depressed because I had a bad childhood. You can't say, I'm depressed because you can't put that blame on somebody else. It is a battle within yourself. And there are ways that you can help it, that you can alleviate the sadness or the anger, the nervousness, but there's no cure. There's no one easy way. If there was, then everybody, there wouldn't be psychologists. There wouldn't be people that study the brain. So it's something that we have to do. We have to come together and we have to realize this is a serious problem in America. So The next thing I want to talk about are some tips, some ways that I have felt has helped me with anxiety that can help with other mental disorders, other mental illnesses. Um, And then I'm going to, I'm going to mention some that not, didn't necessarily help me, but I know have helped other people. And so the first one I'm going to talk about, and If you know me well, you're going to think, wow, Isaac, this is awfully hypocritical of you. But the first way that I think can help with mental illnesses is 
stay off social media. And like I said, if you know me, you're probably calling me a hypocrite right now because if you know me well at all, you know I love to be on Twitter. I love to be on Snapchat. I just like seeing what's going on in everybody else's life. And whether you think so or not, whether you think I'm just blowing smoke, it's really not good for your mental health to be constantly looking what everybody else is doing. Because whether you think so or not, when you see a picture of somebody on vacation, when you see a picture of somebody with their boyfriend or girlfriend, you are comparing yourself to them, whether you think so or not. You are thinking, ah, that looks fun to be on vacation. I'm just sitting here looking at my phone, not on vacation. And over time, your mind starts to think what you are not doing instead of what you are doing. You can't change the fact that you don't have the money. You, you, your family doesn't want to go on vacation. That you don't have a boyfriend or girlfriend. We need to stop comparing ourselves to other people and start focusing on ourselves. I'm a, I am totally in agreement at the fact that you should not be in a relationship before you are happy with yourself. Why should you have to worry about making somebody else happy if you aren't happy yourself? And I'm using the term happy very vaguely. Happiness is a different definition for everyone. You know, my definition of happiness is probably completely different than somebody in Montana. It's very different. It's a vague term. So I don't mean happiness that you smile all the time. It's just what you consider yourself to be content in life. So social media, big problem. Uh, it's scientifically proven those who use social media more are more prone to mental illness than those who do not have social media. And so one way that I use, I definitely am on my phone a lot. I'm on social media a lot, but I try not to look at my phone within 30 minutes of waking up in the morning. And it's really hard to do because that's just seems to be the thing that most kids our age, even adults, uh, do anymore today is the alarm goes off, you hit snooze, you complain about having to get up and then you go look at the phone, see what happened overnight. I promise you it'll be okay if you don't look at your phone within 30 minutes. Um, it's hard for me. Some days I just do it. It's out of habit. But wake up, make your bed, eat breakfast, drink coffee, do whatever you do after you look at your phone, before you look at your phone. And you'll be amazed at how much you can get done. And you just, it's a better start to your day without seeing everything bad that happened in the world you can get a lot done before you look at your phone. So the next step kind of ties into waking up in the morning, and that is get a good amount of sleep. Um, when you, your body needs sleep, whether you think so or not. And so there's people out there, God bless them, can go th four, three to four hours on sleep and think, Oh yeah, I'm good. I'm good to go. My dad's one of those people. I have no idea how he does it. But at, at our age, and when I say our, I'm talking like 16 to 24 years old. I don't know. I, like I said, I'm not a doctor. 
But in my opinion, we need seven to nine hours of sleep and nine's kind of pushing it because when I say you need sleep, I'm not saying lay in bed for 16 hours a day. That's not healthy either. That's not mentally healthy. That's not physically healthy. You need to exercise too, but that's, that's for a little bit later. You need sleep. So try to set a schedule. You want to fall asleep or you want to get a good sleep schedule. You know, I'm not saying get eight hours of sleep by going to bed at 3 a.m. and waking up at 11. That's not good. That's not normal. You know, most people are eating lunch at 11. So you want to develop a good sleep schedule. I myself try to go to bed anywhere from 10.30 to 11.30 every night, wake up around 8.15 every morning. That's what I try to do. So obviously stuff happens that you don't get to bed right when you want to. But try to set that schedule and your body will just naturally start shutting down around that time and waking up with your alarm, without your alarm, around whenever you want to wake up. So it's really good to do that. And if you do have trouble falling asleep because I before when I started to get symptoms of anxiety, started feeling anxiety, I started... I was having trouble falling asleep. I would take a melatonin to fall asleep. I would highly recommend it. It's just a hormone supplement, pill, whatever you want to call it that you can take and it helps you fall asleep faster. I wouldn't recommend taking one every night just before you go to bed because then your body needs that extra and it can't function and it can't sleep without it. But if you're having trouble falling asleep, if you've got something stressful the next day, I would highly recommend melatonin. I take 10 milligram uh, tablet whenever I need it, but they also make smaller. They make one, two, and five, I think. So it just depends on the person. So stay off social media, get a good amount, get a good night's sleep, and the next step is very, very, very important, and that is organization. And I don't mean organized like clean your room. I mean organized like get a good idea of what your day is going to be like. Going into your day and having no clue what's about to happen is not a very good idea uh, for your mental stability because you just having a plan throughout the day is a great feeling for me anyway. I don't know if that's the same way. Maybe you're a kind of maybe you're the kind of person that thinks, "Oh yeah, I'm just going to go, I'm going to wing it throughout the day. Just I have no idea what's happening. I have no idea who I'm going to see, but we'll just go with the flow." I cannot stand that feeling. I love knowing, "Okay, I have class here, a class here. I'm going to work on homework here. I'm going to play Xbox here. I'm going to eat here and whatever." It's just it's a good idea to start being organized because when you're organized, your brain is not thinking about, is not worrying, is not sad, angry, any negative feeling. So when you're organized, you're thinking about, all right, what's the next thing I need to cross off my list? And when you cross stuff off the list, it is an awesome feeling. So that's another way that I personally believe can help you feel better. And finally is those are all natural ways that you can help yourself finally it's talk to someone don't ever think that you're alone don't ever think that you aren't good enough because 
when I first came out and told people, my closest friends, that I had anxiety, it was like, okay, you know, I don't know how they're going to react. Okay, it is what it is. Now, it's pretty much, I'll tell people that I barely know. I've told people that I just meet, you know, 10 minutes after talking. I'll tell it to him. I'm not trying to be like, oh yeah, feel sorry for me. It's just who I am. It's It doesn't make me who I am, but it's a part of my life. And it's something that I think should be not normalized, but I think it's something that people need to know about is that it's okay to have a mental illness, okay? But it's not okay to judge someone, to think they're not like everybody else. They aren't. Nobody's like everybody else. We're all different. And this is just something that, unfortunately, people have to deal with. 20% of Americans, even maybe even higher. So, talking to someone. And I've had people reach out to me because they know I'm open about it. And they, they'll ask me questions, which I really appreciate. Um, you know, in my opinion, it's really, it's rude at a funeral or another tragic event, you go up to someone, the person whose family member died, and you say, oh, I know how you feel. That's kind of selfish to me, and I just think that's just really cliche. It's not respectful. Just being like, yeah, I know how you feel. Like, you'll get over it, okay? But when it comes to mental illnesses, I felt that very comforting to have somebody tell me, I know how you feel to know you aren't alone in this and there is always somebody out there that is willing to help. You might not know them yet. You might not even think of them as your friend, as your family, but there are people who are trained, who have t- gone through school, who have studied the brain and can help, can get you the help you need. And so don't be afraid to reach out. Don't be afraid to think I, I'm, I'm not feeling like I should. I don't feel right. And it's okay. And so what drives me absolutely insane is when people tell me, yeah, I talked to my parents and they said to get over it. That is the most ignorant shit I have ever heard. And I'm sorry if your parents have told you that. I am truly sorry. I'm not trying to tell you you have bad parents. But it's a really ignorant statement to say, just get over it. Or when you tell somebody with depression, oh, just cheer up. Because like I said, depression's not, you're sad. It's not that simple. So if somebody tells you to get over it, first of all, quit talking to them about it. Because they have absolutely no idea what's going on in your mind, what's going on in your life. And reach out to somebody that you know won't judge you. That's not going to be judgmental. That's not going to assume that you're crazy. Nobody's crazy because they have a mental illness, okay? Reach out to somebody that's going to be there for you, that's not going to judge you, and talk to them. And hopefully they can get you to the right person that is going to get you the help you need. And another thing is don't, is before you talk to somebody, before you start therapy, counseling, whatever you want to call it, before you do that, do not depend on antidepressants. Don't think, oh, okay, I'm taking Xanax, I'm taking Adderall, all those different 
medication. I take Lexapro myself, and it's not, that's over the counter. Don't think that those are gonna, those are the magic pill. They're not. It's, everybody has different reactions. Sometimes it can be even worse. They can lead to suicidal thoughts. So don't think that, okay, I've got prescribed a pill. It's not gonna, it's not the magic pill. Therapy is way more safe. It's way more, it's studies have shown that those who went to therapy over medication, I've done both, but those who do therapy over taking medication have actually actually had a higher success rate of alleviating what they're going through than just depending on a pill or a supplement or whatever. So I would highly recommend you start therapy and then if your therapist recommends, okay, I think we're gonna I think we're gonna talk to your doctor and about prescribing you this. It's gonna be a small dosage, it's just going to help the chemical imbalance in your brain. That's all it is. So it's not meant to get you addicted. You don't want to depend on a pill for you to feel the way you want to feel. So that's basically all I have to talk about today. I don't know if I'll do another podcast, what I'll talk about. Um, This is just really something that I want to bring light, not bring light upon, but um, spread the word about that, you know, if you feel this way, it is okay. And we're going to get through this together, whether you have it, whether you don't. And if you don't have it, I truly believe that we were all put on this planet to make a difference in someone else's life. So if someone comes to you and says they feel a certain way, don't just brush them off. Please reach out to them. And if you maybe if you aren't sure what to do, go to somebody that would know what to do and try to get them the help that they need because together we can get through this. Uh, you know, we were all, like I said, we're all made to make a difference in someone else's life. So be kind to one another. Uh, believe in yourself and pray to God that we can figure this out. Thank you.